on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples said to him, Where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? He sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city and a man will meet you carrying a jar of water. Follow him. Wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, the teacher says, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? Then he will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. Make the preparations for us there. The disciples went off, entered the city, and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. While they were eating, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, and they all drank from it. He said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed for many. Amen, I say to you, I shall not drink again the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus said to them, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. We've heard these words so often. I'd like to just lean into this very prominent theme of blood. Blood in the first reading, blood in the second reading, blood in the gospel reading. It's all over the place. This year, maybe we would acknowledge it or not, I think many of us have become like amateur immunologists, right? We know a lot about this coronavirus. We know a lot more about the transmission of disease than perhaps we did before. We know about antibodies. We know all kinds of stuff that we didn't know before. I myself am very much an amateur, but I am one that really takes the opportunity when I can to give blood on a regular basis. And after I contracted the virus in November, and once I was safe to go out and about again and give blood, I went back and I was extra excited about the possibility of my blood being able to be used for someone else because I knew that blood contained antibodies. Whether that actually makes a difference or not, I'm not sure, I'm not a scientist, I'm not an immunologist, but it seems like it helps the probability of someone that might be struggling 
with COVID and needing a blood transfusion, it seems like my blood might help the cause a little bit. And that made me excited. My blood could truly be life-giving. Whenever we hear the word blood in the biblical sense, anytime we're looking in scripture and we see that word blood, we always need to think life. Where there is blood, there is life. The Jews were prevented from drinking the blood or having blood in the food that they ate because that would mean sharing in the life of the animal that was sacrificed. How powerful it is then to know that Jesus wants to give us truly an infusion, a transfusion of his own blood. When he said to his disciples at the Last Supper, this is my blood. That's significant language for a Jew. We don't, we don't drink blood because that means sharing in the life of that thing. What good news it is if it is God who is saying, take my blood and drink it, put it within you. Because as that popular idiom says, you are what you eat. You are what you drink. And if we're eating and drinking of God himself, we are becoming God. That's profound, right? Well, why should that make any difference to us? That's nice in theory. That's a nice, that's a nice idea that God is giving himself to us. But it's so much more than that. I've been confronted on a regular basis, probably for the duration of my whole life, with just how weak I am. I know the good things that I ought to be doing, and so easily I found myself choosing not to do them. In the first reading that we heard from the book of Exodus, the people, the Israelites, say to Moses, after he presents to them the Ten Commandments and all of the things that the Lord is asking of them, they say some pretty bold words. They say, anything, everything that the Lord has said, we will do. And they say it twice. And then blood is sprinkled on them, kind of sealing that pact, sealing that covenant. We know what happens though, right? They promise and they immediately break that promise, not just once, over and over and over and over again. And rather than God being upset to the point of just giving up on the Israelites, giving up on us as a human race, he says, okay, you've shown yourself incapable of living up to the contract, the covenant. So here's what I'm going to do. Because you haven't lived up to your end, I'm actually going to become a man. I'm going to die on a cross for you, though I'm going to be totally innocent. And my blood is going to be poured out for you so that new power might be infused into you through a transfusion of my life into you through baptism, through the Eucharist, through confession, because what you cannot do yourself, I want to do in you, for you, and through you. This is the good news of what it means to be Christian and Catholic. 
how many of us are caricatured in our faith by the media and by perhaps our family and friends. You Catholics, all you have is rules, 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 rules. Yeah, we do have a lot of rules because love is demanding. But we also have a God who gives us the strength and the love that he's expecting us to show. He poured it out on the cross and he makes it radically accessible to us every time we come to the Eucharist. He doesn't say, here is the bar, here are the standards, here are the commandments, now good luck. He says, here are the standards, here are the rules, and I'm going to do it for you, in you, and through you. If only you let me. We do not believe in willpower Christianity. If I grit my teeth and try harder, I will be a saint. That is not the Christian message. The Christian message, the Catholic message is, we are sinners, we fail, but we have a God who takes upon himself our sins and our failures. He brings them to the cross, turns them into life. That blood of life is poured out and we receive it every time we come back to the Eucharist. This is what we believe. Do we even care whatsoever? I mentioned a couple weeks ago when I was here for Pentecost, 70% of Catholics do not believe that what we're about to witness is actually bread becoming Jesus. When I say those words that we just heard in the gospel reading, this is my body, it's no longer bread, that's Jesus's body. When I say the words over the chalice, this is my blood, it's no longer wine, it's actually Jesus. I don't know about you, but I need a blood transfusion. I am confronted every day with how weak I am, And I say, Lord, I can't, but you can. Please, Lord, accomplish in me that which you want to see in me. I want to become a saint, but I am unable to do so. Jesus, I need your blood. I need your life within me if if I'm going to be a saint. Here at St. Paul, of course, you have the opportunity to go to receive the Eucharist. Amazing. You have the opportunity to go to confession. Amazing, because going to confession is like being washed clean in the blood of Jesus Christ, because this is my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. But if we're not going to confession, we're not being washed clean of our sins. And here at St. Paul, we're also so blessed to have an adoration chapel, which in another way is like a transfusion. It's kind of like radiation that someone would receive for cancer because we all have the cancer of sin deep in our bones. And when we're in front of the Eucharist, it is burned away by the presence of Jesus Christ. But again, we receive to the extent that we believe. And so many of us, myself included, we believe so little. We believe so little. And so we pray, Jesus, you are Lord, you are God. When confronted with our weakness, you did not cast us aside. You embraced us closer to yourself by becoming a man, dying on a cross, rising from the dead, ascending into heaven, sending your Holy Spirit down upon us that we would receive through the sacraments, through baptism, through confirmation, through the Eucharist. You pour yourself into us and we are so grateful We are so ungrateful so often. 
We are so unbelieving, Jesus, help our unbelief. Jesus, we want to believe more. We want more of you in us and less of ourselves because we become most fully ourselves. We become most fulfilled when we are filled with you. Jesus, as we receive you in this Eucharist, I ask you to cleanse us right now with your precious blood from the tops of our heads to the bottom of our feet. Cleanse us now of any hardness of heart, any indifference, any apathy, any lukewarmness. Cleanse us of all of it in your precious blood that we may have the eyes to see your true presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity in this Eucharist. Jesus, give us your blood transfusion. Jesus, cleanse us by the power of your most precious blood.